see O'Reilly tie it up? Yeah! Did you see Riley finish it? Yeah! You see, like, Dubis yelling and stuff? Oh, big time. Yellow sweater energy. Oh, that's good. Yellow sweater energy for sure. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the Not nice! There's a giant head! You hear yourself! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFO. Riley, O'Reilly, do you get the difference? Here you go. What a catch! What a catch from the kid! What a catch from the kid! Come on! Yes! 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 Leafs win! 4-3! And overtime over the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 3 to take the 2-1 series lead. Take it! Take it and run! Run! Who played better? Who deserved to win that game? Tampa doesn't matter! There's no pity point here! There's winners and losers, and tonight the Leafs were winners! Before we get into this, it's the playoffs! Get in the game and make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Bet before the game or live in play on all your favorite hockey matchups. Can you think of any? Hmm, can you? Head to sportsinteraction.com STPN and download the Sports Interaction app, but only, you silly goose, if you're 19 plus, please play responsibly. Thieves the Leafs are! Thieves! Actual thieves! Winning that game for the second year in a row with a 2-1 series lead. And we'll maybe revisit that point a little later. What a moment! Heading into that overtime, I was on the stream on the Sportsnet YouTube channel and I was, I was talking and I was thinking and I was trying to go through some of the Leafs' big overtime wins in recent memory. And folks! Turns out it's a short list. OT memories against Tampa last year, yes, they're all bad. OT memories against the Habs in 2021, yes, and they're all bad. Game four against Columbus in the COVID bubble is the last time that the Leafs scored a playoff overtime goal and that was in front of no people. They didn't get one in 2019, they didn't get one in 2018, so the last playoff overtime winner the Leafs scored in front of people was Tyler Bozak, Game 3, 2017 against the Caps. The game after Kasperi Kapanen scored double overtime, which it felt like this game was going to need. I tell you what, it felt like it was going to need it in a very different way in the first period if you had only watched the first period. If you had only watched like the first 10 15 minutes, you would never know that's how that game was gonna end. Let's talk about it. Big story coming into this game. Victor Hedman, game time decision, played in this game, played over half an hour in this game. Needless to say, he was a rather large addition for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Leafs, meanwhile, Lilligren took warm-up. Simmons took warm-up, but they took warm-up for game two. They go with the exact same lineup for game three, Samsonov included. Which means the Nyes, O'Reilly, Achari line stays together. And this goal, the way it was scored, was flatly unavailable for the vast majority of the game. It took a while for Tampa to really lock into their defensive structure, and the Leafs took advantage of that. All three guys on that second line in on this goal. O'Reilly to Matthew Nyes. Nyes finds Noel Achari perfectly. He has an open shot. Why not take it, lad? He doesn't! Buries it! Nyes! First career playoff point and it's a primary on an Achari snipe on the alleged best goalie in the world. one nothing Leafs, three and a half minutes in. But naturally, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning and I genuinely mean this as a compliment. They are always, at every turn, gonna make everything as difficult as possible. A minute and a half later, a, a very similar looking goal. They just work it across. Hagel to Kalorn to Sorelli. Wide open shot and it sneaks under the arm of Samsonov. 
one one we're not even five minutes deep in this thing 11 minutes into the first period this was a little more indicative of what the game would become tampa holding the leafs to the outside yarn croak with the puck he's far out Marner with the puck, he's far out, but he puts it on. But there was one man battling in front of the net with everything he had, and that was Austin Matthews, underrated in that regard. This series is a huge opportunity for Matthews to do away with any perception of him being quote-unquote soft skill. I know you probably just yelled at the screen and you're rolling your eyes. No, no, there are still people who genuinely think that. They don't see him lay the body the way he does. They don't see him block the shots the way he does. It's just because he doesn't fight, foreshadowing, that they think he's soft. He tips this Marner shot to perfection! His first of the series and the Leafs regain the lead. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be because I'm sweating bullets and it's midnight and I just finished the stream, but I believe when the Leafs made it 2-1, the shots on goal were 5-5. The shots by the end of the first period were 13-8 for Tampa. As the first period continued and continued and continued, you're looking at the scoreboard and that's the only thing making you feel good. You can be the second best team in a game and win, but generally speaking, trying to ride out the Tampa Bay Lightning for 49-ish minutes is not a winning strategy. And once again, as a compliment, the Lightning take advantage because you're you're never going to be able to ride this out. It's just three net front nightmares making the Leafs jobs miserable. Ross Colton with it, Corey Perry with it, in front, Brandon Hagel, where's the puck? It's in the net. Now Samsonov knocks it into his own net and I know everyone wants to blame Sammy and I'm not telling you to be happy with Sammy for knocking it into his own net, but that is an accident. That's the sort of thing that is gonna happen. It happens all the time, I, yeah, definitely get upset. And you might say, Steve, it's the playoffs, there's no room for accidents, and yeah, you're right, and unfortunately they still happen, stop shouting. Oh, I just realized it's me talking, I'm sorry. That's when the narrative start, and I gotta say I was part of it. Because I saw some people talking about Sammy not having a good game in the first period, I thought for the wrong reasons. I wasn't gonna pick on Sammy because he let in that second goal. That's gonna happen. The Lightning generate those things, man. They really do. They're good at it. They can beat you and they're good at making you beat you. But I didn't like Sammy's first period because of the way he was moving. His movements were way too big and way too wild. The same way Frederick Anderson when he was fighting it and Jack Campbell when he was fighting it and Sparks and Hutchinson almost always. Just the moves were way too big and purposeless and there were so many occasions in the first period where he was out of position after making a save or a shot gets blocked and it's just thank the lucky stars that the Leafs were able to clear the rebound which is good. It was a big problem they had in game one and they were much better at it in game three. Didn't stop Tampa from not only tying the game in the first period but really turning the tide. The Tavares penalty on Hedman didn't help either. The Leafs managed to kill it off, but the Lightning score in the echoes of it. So, what do we do in the second? I am looking at my phone, and NHL.com says the Lightning outshot the Leafs 15 to eight in the second period, and I refuse to believe it. That is impossible. I'm pretty sure it was 35 to negative six. That is how badly the Leafs got their show run in the second period. The Lightning caved them in in shots, almost doubled it, but the shot attempts, the time with the puck, the time in the offensive zone with the puck. I'm less surprised or even concerned about the 15 shots that the Lightning had. It was the eight shots that the Leafs had. The Lightning didn't let them 
enter their zone. They couldn't skate through the neutral zone. The Leafs could barely even breach their own blue line. John Cooper had Sheldon Keefe in an absolute headlock in the second period. It was bad. It was difficult to even look at any one player and say, oh, this team is unmotivated or whatever. It was the lightning being relentless and ruthless on the Leafs and forcing turnovers and forcing icings. And it was an icing that led to the go-ahead goal. The Leafs end up with Nyes on the ice with Tavares and Nylander. And Keefe would end up going with that line in overtime, but I highly doubt he wanted them in a position where they were taking a defensive zone draw on the road in Tampa. The Lightning work it around. Darren Radish takes the thing for a walk. Circles the net, short side, roofs it. It's a beautiful goal, born of an ugly Leafs performance. Again, the Tampa Bay Lightning can beat you and make you beat yourselves. This was the Leafs beating themselves by icing it again, again and again and again. I would love to see how many icings there were in this game. Where do you find that very boring stat for nerds? I'm not, I'm not ashamed, I'm not. Not for that reason anyway. Not to mention the Leafs also catch a break because there was a disallowed goal. Samsonov makes the stop, Braden Point crashes the net, the whistle goes, he shovels it in. They review it. Now, Lightning fans watching this video, this might shock you to know that I agree with the call to overturn that goal. But, like, I thought it was fair. I mean, as Samsonov has that puck covered, if Braden Point is able to shovel it in on the first attempt, I, I might be with him a little bit more. Like, yeah, that puck was loose. It very obviously was not loose. The whistle should have gone, it did, and the Leafs head to intermission thanking their lucky stars they're only down one which is not a great position to be in. No, I don't like where this is going. I, I mean, Sheldon Keefe's Leafs, and it was Sheldon Keefe at the center of it, he did not have an answer for John Cooper in the second period. They couldn't get out of their zone, they couldn't skate through the neutral zone, they couldn't gain the zone with Tampa when the Leafs did lose, uh, leave the zone. They were airmailing it, they weren't able to get possession back. They were playing the opposite game of what the Leafs want to play. They want to have the puck. They want to leave the zone with possession. They want to enter the zone with possession. This was ugly dump and chase nonsense which has its place but it did not work at all. Third period starts and you're able to see, alright the Leafs are back in this a little bit. They're playing with possession. They're actually gaining the zone. They're able to cycle a little bit even if they're not generating the most dangerous chances. But then five minutes in the entire game changes. Puck goes into the Leafs corner. Braden Point is chasing after it. Morgan Riley is right there with him. They engage together in a puck battle as you see a thousand times. It's certainly not a hit from behind but Braden Point comes out on the worse end of that battle gruesomely crumpling into the boards. He tries to get up and falls down. It looked bad. Naturally, the Tampa Bay Lightning jumped to his defense. I, that's their number one center. He's been arguably the best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs over the last three years combined. And the only dude who comes close is maybe Kucherov, I guess. Kucherov is the overall point getter, but Braden Point is just such an animal goal scorer. And had he not been injured last year, who knows what happens? Do you want to see this? All seven of the penalties that came in the third period happened during this sequence. And I, 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 I can't believe what I found. So here they all are. There's four fighting majors. Steven Stamkos, Austin Matthews. Yes, we will get to that. Ryan O'Reilly and Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov gets a rough on Morgan Riley. Riley gets a rough on Kucherov. So that's offsetting. The way the Leafs got a power play was Taron Radish roughing on Mitch Marner. After all that... That entire sequence, 
Mitch Marner is the guy who drew the power play. I had no idea, and I watched the game. I actually covered the thing. I, I didn't even know Radis was in the box. So Riley was initially given a five-minute major, and they review it. If you've listened to the podcast recently, you'll know I have no problem with that at all. If you don't know, the refs have this new magical rule where when a big play like that happens, as they will happen, you're able to review it. For all the grief I give the NHL, that's great. Even if you're one of those people who's like, dude, you can't review every penalty, every high stick, every slash, it's gonna slow the game down too much. I'm not even saying I disagree with you, but moments like this are too big to get wrong. So the officials have an opportunity to review this thing. And their opinion, after watching it again and again on replay, Morgan Riley, no penalty, at least not for the collision with Braden Point. Kucherov and O'Reilly, I didn't even see how that started, but I get it. I think it was Stamkos with the cross check on Riley. He didn't even get called for that. Radish and Marner, I didn't even see that interaction. Way to pick your targets, Darren. Riley comes out of the skirmish with a bloody nose. But the Steven Stamkos thing with Austin Matthews is so nakedly obvious what the Tampa Bay Lightning were trying to accomplish there, what Steven Stamkos specifically was trying to accomplish. Austin Matthews, who has never looked for a fight in his entire NHL career to date, literally is skating around, gloves on, picking up other people's sticks. Steven Stamkos, who had to be pulled out of the fray and already was missing a glove, grabs Matthews, starts punching him, gets rid of the other glove, and keeps punching him. Matthews throws off his gloves. Kinda. I don't even know if he got both of them off, because, I don't know, you might as well. The dude's punching ya. So while the Leafs do come out of this with the power play, Tampa knows exactly what they're doing. Because they have an inkling that a Leafs power play is coming. And even if they don't know that a Leafs power play is coming, the Leafs are losing. They need a goal. Who's most likely to get them a goal? The best goal scorer that they have, Austin Matthews. This whole situation takes Morgan Riley out of the equation for a few minutes. One, because he had a penalty, and two, because he had to get gauze shoved up his nose. Dude probably got his nose broken. By the way, double minor if you have like a little bit of blood on your lip. Sick league! Ryan O'Reilly in the box for five minutes, and he was incredible in this game, and a lot of the time recently has played on the top power play unit and then Matthews off the ice for a minimum of five minutes because of a fighting major and then you gotta wait for a whistle. You're telling me Steven Stamkos doesn't know exactly what he's doing there looking for a fight and he goes after a dude with his gloves on and two sticks in those gloves who just happens to be their leading scorer? Listen, I don't know if Sheldon Keefe should have said this but after the game he said this and he's Dead on right. I don't care if he has to pay a fine. He's right. Speak the truth. From CJ, here's the full quote from Sheldon Keefe on the Stamkos-Matthews fight and his view that Tampa were manipulating the officials on that sequence. The fight itself, that's a classic example of a veteran championship team like Tampa Bay manipulating the officials and taking advantage of a situation, right? I mean, they know that we're basically already going on the power play because of the Kucherov situation, so it's a free-for-all. They can do whatever they want, and they just know that the way the games get called, they're not going to get another penalty. I mean, you watch the sequence back and say that we shouldn't get a five on three. The official's literally holding Steven Stamkos with one arm, and his other hand, with no glove on, is punching Austin Matthews. Not the linesman, the referee who calls the penalty was holding Stamkos while this was happening. Credit to Tampa for recognizing the situation. It's a free pass to do what you want. 
Not only do they get out of it unscathed, but they take Matthews and O'Reilly with them to the box. Brilliant play by the Lightning there. It's funny, I don't think Sheldon Keefe says a single insulting thing in that entire sequence. It, does he? I don't think he's insulting the intelligence of the officials as much as he's speaking an undeniable truth. I, I mean, that whole sequence, those were the only penalties called in the third period. Go back and watch my reactions to the broadcast. There were lightning penalties that I thought could have been called. There were leave penalties I was shocked weren't called. They weren't going to call a thing besides a, a minor manslaughter, which would only incur a manslaughter minor. Those are only two minutes. Listen, if what happened to Braden Point happened to a Leaf, I would want the Leafs to stick up for him too, but there's a price to doing things that you're not allowed to do. The refs had the opportunity with video review to decide whether or not what Morgan Riley did with Braden Point was illegal. They decided no. The Leafs somehow got a power play with Radish and Marner. It almost seemed like a freebie that they were handed. But Stamkos starts a fight with a dude who's very allergic to fighting out of thin air because. Dude, it affects the Leafs ability to get back into the game and tie the thing up. Two of their four centers are in the box. One of them on trumped up charges. Yes, I know the Lightning were down Braden Point, but the refs already decided that there was no penalty there, so I don't know what to tell you. And naturally, the puck does lie, and the Leafs are not able to cash in on the power play. And an eternity passes until Matthews and O'Reilly are able to get back out on the ice. But Morgan Riley gets back on the ice, gauze shoved up his nose, amazing. Braden! Point, you can hear my reaction on the stream. I said, is this dude made of adamantium? I don't like theorizing on injuries, but he, like, when he touches a body part directly, he reached right for his ribs. I thought, something's out, something's broken, something's something. Dude missed, like, two shifts? So there's, like, five minutes left in the third period. The Leafs are still down one, and I have one thing on my mind. Sheldon, you better play Matthews and O'Reilly for the entire rest of the game. They were sitting there in the box talking about ways to tie this up. Three minutes left, I'm mad. Two minutes left, I'm upset. 90 seconds left, I'm upset and there's no goalie. With the extra attacker, the Leafs do something that they struggled to do outside of those first two goals so long ago in this game they gain the zone and have sustained possession. Marner and Willie working it around. Willie puts it on Vasilevsky, the save, there's a rebound! Ryan O'Reilly scores! Switch to the St. Pat's jersey full time! And sometimes it's just meant to be, you have to go back and watch the replay of this goal. There are two bits of magic. There's two people battling for this rebound. There's Ian Cole in front of the net for the Tampa Bay Lightning and Ryan O'Reilly for the Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly finds the puck in his feet. Ian Cole is poking at this puck. He's reaching for it. He's about to get it. But O'Reilly manages to kick the puck ever so gently, daintily, lovingly, just out of the reach of Cole's stick, but not out of the reach of his. And Cole, it's the strangest thing. It's like his feet go out from under him. It's like he goes to poke at the puck and there's no ice under his skate to push off of. Ryan O'Reilly works around the weak clearing attempt and buries it. Leafs tie it with a minute to go and without looking, without cheating, what were the shots in the third? You'll never guess. The Leafs only had six shots. They were brutal in the first and second period of generating offense, and somehow the third was their worst. Wanna hear something even more wild? The Lightning only had three! Unbelievable, the Lightning had 13 shots in the first, 15 in the second, and they're a team so known for, that they've had so much success with never taking their foot off the gas. They went 
full turtle shell. They bizarrely, inexplicably, played the way the Leafs did in the second. Like the Leafs, it's very unfortunate and it was way too much time left in the game, but they were playing survive hockey, not thrive. That's bad when it's the second period and it's a tie game, but Tampa tried that all third period long and finally, eventually, the dam broke. So we go to overtime and were there any penalties in overtime? Lol. Once again, could have been some on Tampa, could have been some on Toronto. You knew anything outside of an amputation was not getting called. And even then, ah, you can sew it back on. Whatever happened to hockey? Whatever happened? I was about to say every bar has that one guy, but really it's like at least six. Now in overtime, Sheldon makes a few little adjustments. It's Kerfoot with O'Reilly and Achari, which puts Nyes with Tavares and Nylander. On at least one occasion, there was Matthews out there with Marner and Nylander. Very briefly, Marner was reunited with O'Reilly and Johnny on that little fun line. I love the lines that Sheldon has assembled, but he really got comfortable using the blender. Use the blender. It makes it not fun for the other coach. And John Cooper, all night, was having fun. So the Leafs get an ozone draw. There's less than a minute to go in the first overtime. I am skipping over several heart attacks that I had on Tampa chances that Samsonov stopped because he is beautiful and amazing. And producer Drew, I am going to get this right. O'Reilly off the faceoff to Riley at the point. Shot. I hit myself in the head with the chain really hard and the, the clover went in my mouth. Is it is it a shamrock? It's a shamrock. <laughs> look at him! Look at our beautiful boy! Matthew Nice right in front with the screen! Gosh, I love this kid! And the picture, the picture, the face! Producer Drew, this has to be in the thumbnail. Look at Morgan Riley's shining face! That's not called gauze and blood, it's called a victory booger! And in this one, the lightning could not pick it. And the Leafs, despite an abysmal second period of hockey, despite being without several of their top players for like half of the third period in a playoff game that they were losing. Despite getting outshot 39 to 27, the Leafs come out of game three with a 2-1 series lead and 39 to 27. I tell you what, if you think Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world, he let his team down in this one. Back-to-back -back losses, not something he does very often, but he straight up in this game got out-dueled. Samsonov, at whatever percent he's at right now, out-dueled Andre Vasilevsky in game three, and that's the truth. Questions. Did you wake up Leo with all that yelling, or is he used to it by now? Why noise machines, man? They're cheap. Kid sleeps like a rock. What was Dubas saying to the fans? Oh yeah, we gotta talk about this on the podcast tomorrow, and there is a podcast tomorrow. A rare, super rare Sunday recording. So Dubas, at some point during the game, I think it was during the Riley review, was on camera, yelling at the Tampa fans and making hand gestures and, and whatever, whatever. Um, I don't know what he said. Um, and if he said something, you know, super over the line, I obviously wouldn't support that. But it sounds like he just kind of swore at people. And um, I'm going to take a bet that at a Stanley Cup playoff game where tempers were high... And Braden Point had just been taken into the boards very hard, and all the local fans thought he was hurt. I am willing to bet some rather nasty things were said to Kyle Dubas that led to this. Now, should an NHL general manager be yelling at fans in the stands mid-game? Ah, 
Perhaps not. But as someone who worked at the Toronto Zoo for seven years, did I ever mention that? I worked at the Toronto Zoo for seven years. You'd be amazed how many people ignore the signs that say do not feed the animals. My pet theory on what happened, and I don't know what happened, and if we find out other information, we will certainly talk about it on the podcast, but my theory on what happened, people thought they could go to the game and shout at the opposing team's GM and say all sorts of nasty things to him. And they discovered they're not on Twitter. How are you still breathing? I don't know. Does this game actually matter? Does two in a row against Tampa matter? I mean a bit, yeah, a bit. Did John Cooper outcoach Keefe again? Hmm, well, we talked about John Cooper putting Keefe in a headlock for 20 minutes of that nearly 80 minute game, but I, I wanna show you something. It's a chart that I'm rather fond of. Except it's not a chart at all. It's a picture of Sheldon Keefe celebrating a win, which John Cooper did not get to do tonight. So that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. I mean, you're gonna be here all playoffs long, aren't you? Tell all your friends. New podcast tomorrow, a rare Sunday episode, game four on Monday.